and welcome back to this episode of Trash Talk. Now I'm here with Corey Homicide Williams and Mark Worthington. And Corey, before we get into a bit of the NBL and NBA action, I just want to compliment you on that beautiful Sonics jersey you wear. Oh man, you know I appreciate that. I got a story. Before I get into the story, shout out the basketball jersey world. They got some of the best throwbacks there. First of all, they got a, a million throwbacks in the in the store. The selection they got that is Raptors, lit. That old Raptors one, like the purple one with a little dinosaur on it. They got the old Raptors one. <sighs> I got a pair of those shorts actually from the store. But um, yeah, that store is crazy. And when we had Baron here, Baron did a meet and greet. He took some photos, you know, autographs, and fans got to meet him. So that's when I went in there and saw the crazy selection. But I bought this one because of the fact that I have a story with Gary Payton. So, you know, they got the big three. He's one of the coaches for the big three. Yeah, yeah. And um, a good friend of mine is a good friend of his. So when the big three, the inaugural season happened, they were in New York. We were in the club. I saw GP. Here's my chance. You know, he is one of the biggest shit talkers. You talking about trash talk the show. He is one of the original trash talkers. And he wasn't just talking like Draymond Green talking. Oh, no. Like it was funny shit. Yeah. So I was like... You know, he was drinking a little bit, and I said to him, I had my man record. I said, yo, bring that camera and press record. I said, in my heyday, I'd give you 20. Now, Gary Payton is not like, like, respectfully, not like a, a Kobe. He's not the turn the other cheek kind of guy. You know, some of those guys, they'll ignore you if, you, if a fan is talking shit or whatever. Gary Payton is going to be like, it could literally be fucking Hammy. <laughs> Shout out to Hammy. <laughs> it could be Hammy. He'd be like, you fucking think so? Get the fuck out of here. You could never. You should have came and seen me. I said, listen, in that park, I ain't talking about the NBA. At Rucker Park, in my prime, I would have bust your ass and gave you 20. He said, he pointed to the camera and he said, he's drunk or high. Because this bullshit this motherfucker's talking it's fucking nonsense. I said, trust me. I said, I gave Ron Artest 44. He said, fuck Ron Artest. I'm the glove. You would have never got off of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's my story with GP. Real talk. I actually have that on Instagram. I'm going to tag you guys in it. I posted the video yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah, throw that back out there. We'll tweet that Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, while, while we're on Twitter talking about Gary Payton and the Sonics, my biggest beef with the Sonics is so I lived in Washington for four years and I absolutely love the place. But get the fuck out of here with the bring back the Sonics talk. You didn't go to the games when they had them. You had the Sonics. It's like a hoarder. You watch that hoarder show on TV. Yeah. You got all this shit in the basement, but you just don't want to let it go. You're not touching it or using it, but no, 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 no. You just can't let it go. That's what the Sonics fans like. Like, bring them back. Bring them back. We need a team. You had a team, and you lost it. You don't deserve it. They're packing games out at OKC. You don't deserve it. I'm with oh, you. Oh, now I'm heated. No, I, I hate starting my morning angry, but here I am. But anyway, were they? We've, we've let you go a little bit quiet on those ones. Mate, I got nothing to say. Like GP, I, I, I met GP in Vegas two years ago. Yeah, and we we're in a club, and a fan came up to him and said something similar, but it wasn't <laughs> like it was like a, it was an absolute, it was absolutely no one. And he gave him pretty much the same. Skill. He was like, Get the fuck? "Are you drunk or are you high?" Get the fucking camera out of my face. People say so to me that. People say to me that they give me twenty all the time, and I usually just say, "Yeah, you probably, you probably would. <laughs> you, know? you probably would. I'm not stopping shit." But anyway, yeah, I know there well, is something. Like, like, Corey, Corey, did people come up to you and say that they would have busted you back in the day? No. In Australia? No, no. 
I have people come up to me and be like, well, you're not, you're not as tall as what I thought you were. I don't think you were that good of a player. I was like, cool. It was good to see that you made your career in the NBL too, mate. The one I don't that even know your fucking name. The one that gets me is the people like, I get this a couple of times. I actually got it when I was up in Sydney. I was actually wearing a Sydney Kings jersey just so I could get into the gym for free. I was wearing a Sydney Kings training top <laughs> right? because they get to train for free at this gym and they get a shake afterwards. So I threw Dane Bonneau's training top on and was, was going to this gym and this dude, when I, while I was at the front desk, asked, hey, you play for the Kings? And I had to be like, yeah, because I wasn't going to say no because I wanted the, otherwise they'd be like, hey, well, why are you using the gym? But he'd be asking me like, oh, when are tryouts? And shit like that. Like people just yeah. don't understand the professional sporting landscape and how it works. But anyway, that's enough of getting me angry for the morning. I know there is something you will want to talk about, Wertham. That's the Bullets heating up. You've you've come out here and said they're potentially the hottest team in the competition. Well, they're not potentially the hottest team. They are the hottest team in the competition right now. They've won seven out of their last ten, five out of their last six. Yes, they got smacked by Cairns in Cairns, but I mean, I, I look at their roster. Lamar Patterson, I think we all agree is one of the best players in the competition. He's in the top three. Um, Matt Hodgson has had a breakout year, leaving Adelaide, doing what he needs to do. Cameron Bairstow is taking his time, but now he's finally looking like the Bairstow of old, but he's added a three-point game. And then if you get Glidden and Kadee shooting the three-ball well, they're a pretty tough team to stop. And at the moment, with Sydney and Melbourne falling over each other at the top of the ladder, Perth being Perth, um, Brisbane is probably the, the hottest team in the competition right now. Well, it's a dangerous spot to be on the top of the ladder. But look, no, I agree with what you're saying with Brisbane. I think that Lamar Patterson has put himself in MVP contention. As much as I wanted to go to Bogan, I think that he's definitely one that's going to be up there for the discussion, especially because it's a coach's picked award. Now, Brisbane's run home. What's that looking like? Well, who cares? It's how you play. <laughs> It's, how you, it's, it's actually how you play basketball at the moment. Uh, out of everyone, they're playing the best basketball. Them and Adelaide are the best two teams in the competition right now. Oh, for sure. On form. One thing that we have I, to, wor- I, I, one thing that we have to worry think- about as well is that Sydney plays Brisbane three times. So if you're saying that Brisbane, and we know how contentious the finals is going to be, if they play Brisbane three times and they play Perth once coming up this weekend... Can we potentially see Sydney, with the way they're playing at the moment, can we see Sydney? We've been talking about Perth dropping out of the finals. Can you guys see Sydney dropping out of the finals? Where, though? Let me handle this I can't first. see them dropping out of the finals. All I right. can't. All right. not, at the, not, not at the moment. They're not playing great basketball. They look tired at the moment, the Sydney Kings. And I'm pretty sure that Ray Turner was just brought in to, uh, to give Bogut a rest, essentially. Because... He looked tired the last game. Obviously, they've got uh, a big run home, as every team does. But, I mean, we know that if uh, Adelaide win um, this week against Perth, they become uh, equal with Perth on the ladder. I, I still got Perth missing. I know, I know that layup by Casper Ware might have helped Perth secure a final spot. But overall, I still think... Um, I just think Brisbane's got a lot of firepower. Sydney's going to be there. Melbourne will be there. I think it's going to be between Perth and Adelaide for that fourth spot. Um, Adelaide's getting in. That team plays better when they have nothing, like like everything is on the table, all the marbles are on the table. 
I love how they're playing. Sometimes, you know, when when you look at things from afar, you see Ramon Moore go down, and it's like, fuck, Adelaide is fucked. What do they do? And all it did was gave players an opportunity collectively to step up. Jack McVay, oh, my God. That is the energy God. He <laughs> play, like He plays with so much passion. I just love to see... Somebody like him, who I did not even know could play the way he's playing, get an opportunity to play and capitalize on it. There's so many people cry about opportunity and they get it and do shit with it. He's done everything he could possibly do to be happy and keep his head up. And he's getting more minutes and not even the one time he did it. Anybody could do something once. Came in, played big minutes against Perth, did his job. And got, got it done, right? But then he backs it up and plays against Sydney in Sydney and made key plays, even if it's little layups that he got, wide open three that he hit. It's just those little things. He's not going to be out there for a long time, but it's an impact that you have on the game with the minutes that you've gotten. I respect that. And I think that with his energy, and you got everybody else stepping up. You know what I mean? And I get what you're saying. Sydney's tired. Fuck that. Ain't no time for tired. Fuck you, tired for what have you done? Yeah, how can you be tired? What have you NBA? done? What, what are you talking about, tired, Wertho? Don't give me that do shit. They look tired? Fuck do that. They look tired? No, they don't. Do they look tired? No, they don't. They look uninterested. They look uninterested, exactly. How the fuck you tired? Look at your schedule, okay? You play five games. Arguably, this was the easiest space in their tough ass schedule because we know every game is tough. They had they beat Brisbane. Right for to go into New Year's or right after New Year's they beat to go into New Year's yeah. they beat Brisbane great bounce back win after losing to United the next five games they should have literally been four and one instead they two and three ain't no fucking tired they ain't fucking focused and hungry enough here with the here's what they had they barely beat Cairns okay they they lost to Illawarra in Illawarra they barely beat New Zealand. Bowen stepped up in the fourth quarter and got that game done. All right? After that, they get their ass beat at home versus Illawarra. Right? And then after that, what happens? They get fucking rolled. They get rolled by Adelaide. How is that, bro? How is that? Like a focus, man. Here's what's, here's what's going on. You're relying on one player too much defensively. You know what that showed me? How the fuck they's all so talented and good and everybody's tired? Get the fuck out of here. How? How is that? Randall's tired. Lisha's tired. Newley's tired. Bogus tired. All four of them? Come on, man. Come on, man. You that just shows to me if anybody could be tired or whatever, let's say the big old the big guy. He's the oldest. He's doing a lot defensively. Let's say he's tired, right? Cool. Everybody else just breaks down defensively. Nobody does nothing. I'm not buying that. that I'm not buying that tired shit, yo. Step your game up. Every time somebody's in first place, what happens? They lose. Nobody wants that shit enough. And I feel like we come out with the same excuse for everything. Come on, man. Stop making excuses, man. I ain't making no excuses for none of them. Oh, on you, Wado. <laughs> Mate. They have gone with an eight-man rotation all year long. He is running those guys into the fucking ground. Look, look, look at their subs, all right? all right? They've got Kyle Adnam, who comes in for um, comes in for Lish and Randall. And those two, they come off, right? They've got Brian Bowen that comes in for Newley. 
All right. And they've got Daniel Kickett. They don't play anyone else. I mean, how much else do you no need one. in a rotation? You, you need 10 players? You With don't that. Need 10, but you need. I'm just saying, those three that are coming off the bench play limited minutes still. Like, he, he relies heavily on Randall, Lish, Bogut. Heavily on those three. How much they getting right? paid? They are elite. They should know how to play. Guess what? I'm going to take plays off offensively. You know what? Worth though, I'm going to give you three touches in a row. Go to work. I will rest on offense. Okay? Now you we're going we gonna to give you three plays. After that, Felix, your turn. Worth though, you rest on offense. That's how you rest. Those are veterans. I ain't buying that. I am not buying that. And and guess do, what? Do you see their offense? Do you see their offense? I don't know what their offense is. I don't watch them that that well to know what their offense is. I just know eight man rotation. You should not be tired. Everything goes through Randall, Lish, and Bogut. Okay, what are you uh, out here for? If anyone else, if if anyone else gets a touch, it's like a fucking miracle at the moment. All right, they. They they do all this fake little dribble handoff bullshit and it all ends up in the same fucking thing. The almighty flow. And fucking Randall, right? Right. So I'm saying they look tired at the moment. I'm not giving, I'm not, I'm giving, I, I agree. They have to step the fuck up, all right? But at the moment, you look at them disinterested. Yeah, maybe, slightly. But they look fucked at the moment. They look fucked. They look, they're flat. How many points have they been scoring the last couple, like last month? Like eighty points a game. Yeah, far less. You're yeah, that yeah. Team, you're telling me that team with that much talent is getting eighty points a game, and on top of that, the last three games have given up hundred and two points a game in the last three games. If that, like, that's not a, that's not a mental thing. That's that's fucking physical. Well, right? raise your hand because up. Raise your hand up and say, "Yo, I'm tired." Sit down. Get somebody else in. Everybody can't be tired at the same time. I get what you're saying. Uh, all right. And then on top of that, you bring in a guy to give Bogut a rest, and he fouls out in the quickest time of fucking <laughs> NBL history. <laughs> and I've also got to be for that decision. Because, look, the Sydney Kings are struggling defensively. And, look, I'm definitely biased here because Dave and I, the Kings, is one of my best friends. So I, I'm, of course, biased. But he also was their defensive player of the year last year. Okay. In limited minutes. Right. And his thing is defense. So you're going to bring in a guy to rest. You don't need offensive points out of Bogut. Right. Why don't you just give him... Dave's been doing good defensively all year. Why don't you just run it out? Why do you need to bring Turner in? Mark, Mark, Mark. He got a charity fucking award on the defensive side of the year. Like, I know he's your boy, but that was a fucking handout. Well, you know know what? He was the only one playing defense on that team last year. So it's the right decision. You're telling me he was the best defensive player on that team last year. Who was better defensively than him last year? They were giving up a thousand points a game. You got a point. They were horrible on defense. (laughs) Keep talking like that. I'm just going to keep calling you Mark from now on. That's fine. That's fine. Now, shout out to my boy, Dan. No, anyway, moving on. Melbourne, we've talked, now you mentioned Melbourne being a bit Jekyll and Hyde, and I think you're showing your age there because I've got no idea what the hell Jekyll and Hyde means. But I, I do know that Melbourne have been wildly inconsistent. And I, I Googled it earlier and, and got a rough uh, description of what that means there, were though. But look, Melbourne, they, they, they needed to show up, and they showed up last time, albeit against Illawarra, but an Illawarra team that's been somewhat firing. So what are we taking out of that one? I think that was a good win um, from a disappointing loss. 
Chris Golan had a bad game. Casper Way had a bad game up in Perth. Um, I think that with that missed layup, I actually believe he was just so surprised that he was that open, he missed it. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? That's 100%. all it could have yeah. been. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, me, you know, I, I say a lot of things on social media, but I think that I said nothing about that because he's carried this team and have made clutch shots and game-winning plays time after time after time to where there was nothing to say with that play because he was so wide open. It shocked me. Well, you never expect me. And, and, uh, Who expects to be that wide open against Perth? And he tried to like shove it up quickly because he thought that at least Brant's going to be there. Someone's right. going to be there, yeah. So it was good to see him bounce back and get a win. Um, Mitch McCarron, really good job. He's had two good games he put together. Um, more important, DJ Kennedy. You know, he struggled. For me, DJ Kennedy may have had three, I'm going to say three good games this season. Well, I could say, yeah. you know what? He had three good games. Three three games where he's sort of played up to his his, his Exactly. And um, last night was one of them. So they're going to need him to play like how he played last night for them to really make a, a, a good run at this thing. You know, the usual suspects are going to be there when it comes down to it. Casper's going to be there. Um, Mitch will be there. CG43 will turn up at some point. Well, he's struggling shooting the ball, but he's also doing a great job of distributing. Like, he you is. Look at a couple of finding Josh Boone, because Casper's taken on more of a scoring role instead of that sort of on-ball distributor to uh, Josh Boone. Right. Whereas Chris has stepped up in that regard. His shot, like, the shot's going to fall. Like, he's so inconsistent in, to the point where... He's a microwave. Right. He's going to heat up. He could he could win you a game off his own back in the finals. But he is doing some things that I think sometimes get ignored. And you know what? And that's the thing. When you are a prolific scorer in this league, people like ignore those little things because you're CG43. You're two people. Yeah. People don't want to see Chris. I love that. They want to see CG43. Yeah. It's, it's spot it's, on. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. You know, so um, another thing that was good yesterday that I saw, which was Josh Boone had a double-double. And this was four straight games he's put together. Three or four straight games he's put together where he's looked like his usual self. So there was a lot of good things to take out of the game last night that they won. Will I? Well, fuck you for not knowing Jekyll and Hyde. These <laughs> <laughs> fucking millennials. Fucking hell, man. And you had to Google it. Oh. They've, been, they've been inconsistent this season. I actually asked Siri um, what it was. I... So. I uh, I watched the game last night. Full credit to them. They they had better intent on the defensive end than what they've had for the last three or four games. Um, Mitch McCarron has obviously turned around and he's become a lot more offensive-minded, I'd say. I think he was trying to fit in. It's almost like they're a bunch of nice guys that don't want to step on each other's feet at the moment or toes. And uh, Chris Gilding is still a concern for me. Uh because if he's not shooting the ball well, he's almost getting abused on the defensive end at the moment. Like, people are attacking him now at, at, at pace. I mean, he got another tech last night for a flop and all that sort of stuff. Um, Boone, oh, Barlow, you, you can't speak highly enough about Barlow. I think when it comes down to finals, though, teams should be looking to target Barlow to get into foul trouble. Because if he's in foul trouble, what do they have behind him? They can they can play Kennedy there for for stretches, but they're sort of thin in the the bigs department. So 
Um, full credit to them last night. They got the job done versus Illawarra. Todd Blanchfield was amazing for Illawarra last night. He was the only one that really showed up. Uh, but Melbourne definitely looks better when they've got their defensive caps on first instead of trying to get it done on the offensive end. Definitely. And the more I think back to Casper Ware's missed buzzer beater, and it's so harsh, I wish it hadn't have happened to Casper Ware because then we could have been making fun of it and talking about it a whole lot more, missing an open layup. But he's done so much to get them back in so many games that you really, you really can't point the finger at him there. But it gets me thinking, what is the worst attempted game winner that you guys have seen in your career? And I'll start off with mine because luckily I was the one that actually shot the ball on this one. But we were coming up in college against Idaho. It was one of our biggest rivals. So Eastern Washington versus Idaho. We hated Idaho. Well, I definitely hated Idaho. And the fans were just so like redneck fans, like all up. They packed it out, about 10,000 there. But absolute, absolute rednecks. Anyway, I had an open three for the win. And I'm telling you, if I had hit this shot, I would have ran up in the stands and slapped someone. And bang, airballed it by like two meters to the side. Just complete, like just fucking fans laughing and shit. I was, I was terrible. We all still had like two seconds of game time left. So I had to run that one out. It still, it still haunts me, that one. Were they? Oh, Corey, Corey, get us with yours. It doesn't have to be you shooting it either. It can just be, I just want to know, just a t- if you, even if you've seen it, if somebody's just wide open on the break and just throwing it over the backboard. I'm going to tell you the worst. Oh, my God. This was the play. Okay. <laughs> I, I went to junior college first, right? Division two junior college in Kansas City. We, myself, my freshman year, I rode the bench. We won the national championship. My sophomore year, we lost in the national championship. Here's the play. My point guard has it. I'm trying to get open. They're denying me, and I'm just gonna about to run up to him to just get the ball out of his hand, right? He does the same, the bullshit. Now, mind you, it's a guy like Rondo guarding him, so his wingspan is just like yeah. fucking seven foot. Okay, so it's the bullshit crossover in front of your face, and then he just picks his pocket, runs down. Gets the layup. It was literally like a second left. So once we inbounded it, you know, you just try to get a buzzer beater to go yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. That's how we lost the national championship. Oh, I didn't even, hurts. you know, that like, we didn't even get a shot up. That's the worst part. There's no worse feeling than not even getting a shot up. Like yeah. turning it over off the inbounds or a five second count, oh, something like that. Oh, my goodness. Were they? Uh, we sort of stole my thunder there. Um, and it was when I was playing in the SPL lower level and we were, uh, we were tired and the guy dribbled the ball, the, like dribbled it down and everyone's standing up in the crowd all hyped up and he just dribbled it out thinking that we we're up a point. So, yeah. Oh, it was, it was a tight, oh it was a God. I know that so, actually happened um, with the state stuff oh one year as well. South God. Australia versus Vic Metro back in the day. Someone fouled when they were up one thinking they were down. It was against Vic Metro. I actually know that I'm not going to shout him out because he's in the NBL at the moment. But anyway, while we're on the topic of worst things. Shout him out. (laughs) Come on. While we're on the topic. It was Sam Daly. He's a developer player for the Kings. It was Sam Daly. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if anybody's wondering, I'm that easy to crack. If you want my my credit card numbers or whatever it is, yeah, I'm pretty easy to crack. But anyway, I think my boy might get a shout out again in this one. Worst haircuts in the league. Now, Wertho, I know exactly what direction you're heading with this, and I feel like I, I feel like there's a reason you put on the rundown. Worst haircut uh, in the league. Worst haircut in the league. Ready? Yeah, ready? Go, go ahead. Rob Lowe. Ah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rob Lowe, look, he got like a mop on his head, basically. He's got those, it's like girls where they're like, oh, my hair goes frizzy when I'm in the tropics. Like, that's what's happened to Rob Lowe. He needs some of that Ghanaian. Rob Lowe, 
Rob Lowe looks like he bought a sheep with him from New Zealand, placed <laughs> it on his head, and it's just got a little bit soggy. That's all it looks like. I'll throw he, the... Uh... That, that, it is horrendous. It is the worst look in the league, and the man doesn't care. I'm pretty sure he doesn't care. So no, I guess I'm going to give it to Rob Lowe. I think there's a term for people that just they like not decrepit now, and they just do, don't care what they look like. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure what the term is, but... One for me, and this hurts me to throw this one out there because he had a great game last night, and he's a fantastic dude, the Pledge Hammer, Alex Pledger. He played really well. Now, the haircut might look fine when you start the game because there's a lot of wax in it and whatnot, but as soon as you get to halftime, <laughs> it just turns into this fuzzball thing, and it's like there's a couple of photos floating around Instagram which are so bad. It's just shocking. <laughs> You've just got to, Something's got to go there. Like, he's got a girlfriend. Like, someone's got to say, look, just cut that shit off. Homicide, you got to uh, bring a homicide into the hair discussion here. This might be a dangerous one. Um, you know, honestly, I haven't even steered. I haven't seen too many bad cuts, to be honest with you. I don't know. I have, there, there, there aren't too many. Are you trying to say the hair isn't a massive aspect of your life? Oh, definitely is. I mean, not, <laughs> not, you know, not on my head, but as a, you know, I just. There isn't any that sticks out to me. To there's be nothing with crazy. You. There's right. nothing, nothing crazy. Insane. There's a couple of bad ones where people think they look good, but there's nothing where it's like in the NBA where people yeah. purposely do something wild. Yeah, Bryce Cotton hair well, looks crazy when he's not braided. You know, he needs to yeah, braid yeah. his shit back. <laughs> he was looking crazy the other day. We 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 have to bring up your boy. Who Dane Dane's haircut was horrendous. You know that I did that. So two people have cut his hair this year, or oh, not this year, but uh, last year included. So before the Melbourne versus Sydney game, I cut his mohawk in his own backyard of his parents' house, and I've never cut hair before. I actually told him oh, that I used okay. to cut people's hair. So that's why he let me do it. And then Emmett Nah from Illawarra cut his most recent mohawk. That thing was horrific. Oh, it's beautiful, man. It's, a, think, work, it's a work of art. I think, I think there's a, like, if you look back at bad haircuts, Corey's haircut with the spider web on the side of his head. Hey, that, that was, was cool. That was cool. Werther said that was totally <laughs> fucked up. I love that one. And, and I tell you what, Werther, you said that the Warriors aren't going to win the NBA championship. You said there's no way they're going to win they're the winning. NBA championship. No, they're winning. We've seen Boogie Cousins inject that energy. So what about if the Warriors winning. win the NBA championship? You've got to get the Corey Homicide spiderweb haircut. <laughs> and we can work out what I've got to get as well. And if they don't, then you've got to get yours. And if they don't win it, then I'm going, didn't you have another one? You had like the lizard haircut? No, nah, I just had the mohawk. That's the mohawk. what you call a lizard? No, no, no. I thought I'm thinking of something else. But uh, okay, yeah, let's let's make that one. The loser. If the Golden State Warriors win, you've got to get the spiderweb haircut and you've got to keep it for two weeks. And if I if the Warriors win. Well, how's this going again? I'm Warriors win, aren't I? You said Yeah, I'm Warriors win. So if yeah, the Warriors you win, Warriors. you're getting the haircut. If the Warriors lose. Then I'm getting a haircut. But let's jump into a bit of yeah, That's enough talk about hair. <laughs> let's jump into a bit of NBA action here. Now, Carmelo Anthony, the Lakers have said that they could potentially take him on the roster if a position becomes available. But other than that, it really doesn't look like there's any options at going out there. And with his reputation right now, which kind of hurts me because he's an unbelievable player, but probably Hall of Fame player, potentially won't have a spot on a roster next year either. Is this the end of the career for Melo? This could be the end of the career because... You have to remember, Carmelo, as talented as he is and still is, he's he has the Iverson syndrome. 
He's not trying to come off the bench for nobody. So you're older, you're still you're a bit slower, though you can still score and help a team. You're not Denver Carmelo. You're I'm getting traded around and waved Carmelo. Yeah. So it's either two things for him: either take the back seat and help young players and get a small role with the team, or you're out of the league. Well, the hard thing for Melo, in my opinion, on the situation is that he's just a dinosaur. Like in terms of his game doesn't suit the league anymore. He used to be the guy where he was a mismatch because no one could guard him physically. But nowadays, with the hand check rules and all this sort of stuff, anyone can go out there and get 20. You look at rookies come out there and get 20, 30 points a game. Melo used to be the guy where if you need, there wasn't many scorers like him in the league. Nowadays, with the rules and whatnot, and the, the, it's just so three-point heavy, he just doesn't have that same effect. Like, that mid-range game just doesn't have, this, have the same effect. Just turns regular. It he's, just turns he's regular. He's just regular. He's just a regular guy. Not super athletic, not quick, not fast. You know, um, guys, like you say, are able to match up with him and yep. against him. So he's not blowing by anybody, dunking it, reverse dunking it. Those days are over. So now you have to know that, and you have to adjust yeah. if you want to play in this league. If not... You know, I know LeBron's your man. LeBron don't want you to come to L.A. That's what I mean. If you're going to be a sort of spot-up shooter type guy, but it, but it's hard. It's like I feel like Kobe retired at the perfect point before he got it. Because once you're a franchise player, you've got that tag, and you can't, it's like a mindset. You yeah. get yourself so – and not that I would know about being a franchise player, but you get yourself into that mindset, and it's very hard to get out. You see problems every year Yeah, with guys tough. like that aging. It's extremely tough, but, you know, at the end of the day, you have to know where you're at, what you're willing to accept, what role – or what role you're not willing to accept, and make your decision from there. You know, because other than that, you're just wasting everybody's time and your legacy. You're, you're tainting your legacy. That's this is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Carmelo's one of the best scorers ever in the NBA. You know what I mean? He, he's one of those guys. I think he's cracked a 25,000-point yeah. mark. Or, he's hit these milestones, you know what I mean? So. Out of respect for Melo, I want his career to finish sort of like Vince Carter's is. Yeah. Like, just ride it out, do what you need to do. Like, Vince Carter's should be the you know, the hallmark of how you should finish your career in terms of, in terms of like, I, I like the way that Kobe did it. But if you want to keep playing for as long as possible, which Vince Carter obviously does, then just do it like that. Play your role. You don't need to go out of yourself. Just keep playing your role until you don't have a role anymore. I just think the persona of Melo and the persona of Vince, those are two different yeah, personas. Two different cats, you know what I yeah. mean? And plus, think of this. Vince came out with an awesome draft class, but... His draft class wasn't LeBron, Rings, D-Wade, Rings, Melo, Darko Milicic, Ring. <laughs> Melo's ringless. Chris Bosh. Well, it's time to come back ring. to Daddy LeBron. Mello. You get what I'm saying? So out those five, he's the only one without it. Yeah. So, you know, that's the pressure that he's facing. Should he ring chase or should he just go out like the Melo the, yeah. and be happy? Like, you're the Melo who likes to just... Get buckets and just do you. So find, guess what? Find a team that ain't shit that's going to allow you to do that. You're not going to be doing that with a contending team. That's just not going to happen. That's yeah. not where you're at with your game today. Whether you got anything to throw in on that? Well, I agree with everything you guys said, but I think one thing that didn't get said is the game's changed and there's not much room for a mid-range shooter anymore. Like, that's all really Mellow had to. He used to work in between the paint and the three-point line. And now teams are looking for a lot of pick and roll and people that can space the floor. So we don't see people in his position doing what he used to do anymore. He, he, 
it was only, what, two seasons ago that we had Woody Mellow in the off-season talking about how he's going to be better than ever. Yeah, and that, was, that was crazy. Like working out at like 3 a.m. for no reason. It's like you can work out at 7 p.m. Yeah. You can do that. you got the time, Mel. you got the time and the money to do that while you're working out at 3 a.m. Yeah, and so I think it's just been a massive drop-off. He's sort of fallen off the cliff. Um, I hope it's not the end of Mellow, personally. It's over, it's uh, over, but, it's over, it's over. But unless he goes to a, a Phoenix Suns or someone equally as crappy as them, I don't really see any team going out of their way to go get him because yeah. he's not a winner, unfortunately. Yeah, no, it could be a sad end to a story career for Carmelo Anthony. But anyways, that's all we've got time for this week on Trash Talk. Follow these guys on Twitter and make sure we've had a couple of guys tweet out just suggestions for stuff that they want to hear us talk about. And we've jumped on a couple of those today. So if there is anything you want us to talk about, jump on at C Homicide on Twitter and Instagram as well. Both these guys are on there. A lot of photos of his kids, though. Wurdo keeps his Instagram pretty family orientated, so not as interesting over there. But Homicide definitely livens it up. You can follow Wurdo at at Wurdo33 and myself, at Felix Hoff. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week.